Welcome to the Tradfest podcast, brought to you by the Temple Bar Company. And you're very welcome to this seasonal edition of Tradfest Temple Bar podcast. And I'm delighted to say that Fergus Cahillan is on the line with us. Fergus, I mentioned that it's seasonal and we'd always associate your music with seasonality because you're a member of Anuna and another group as well. Yeah. And I know that you're you're performing in St. Patrick's Cathedral on That's January it. the 27th at Tradfest. And I mentioned this other group because it's not really known to too many people. It's called Monum which mm-hmm. means, I suppose, the English translation of that would be My Soul. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And will you describe the band or, or the, the group and what you do musically? Sure, yeah. So it was something that evolved out of Anuna and along the way we met some Icelandic lads. So now it's this, this fusion group between our, our Viking invaders and, and our Irish members. There's about four of each. And so we sing in... In Icelandic, we sing in Old Irish, we sing macaronic stuff, we sing in English and Irish, and uh, yeah, it's a bit more, it's a bit more, it's a bit less refined than Anuna, let's say. It'll be, it'll be a great, it'll be a great gig, loads of instruments going, there's, and there's also traditional Irish songs. I think at the end you're going to play the, the gorgeous melody Ardi Coon, which uh, Monum brought their own, our own spin to that, so there's uh, definitely a mixture, an intermingling of both cultures there and exploring exploring the similarities and uh, what can be done there, you know, Karen. And just listening to you talking about it, actually, you sound quite excited about that as a development and a progression with Anuna. Well, also excited for this gig, to be honest. Like, we haven't had such a big opportunity to be heard in Ireland. Um, we did Celtic Connections was the last time Manum and Anuna both did a, a show together. Uh, that would have been January 2019. And... Um, we were all set and excited to go on a big tour and then like 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 what happened to everybody <laughs> it didn't quite happen uh so now finally we're we, we feel like we're going to be exposed to to a, a whole new scene here in ireland and we're really excited about it yeah no, we we're certainly looking forward to that at Tradfest. As I mentioned, it's St. Patrick's Cathedral on the Thursday, the 27th of January. But you were fairly productive when you weren't out singing with Anuna and Monum over the last 18 or 20 months or so. Myself, I was, yeah. I was very lucky uh, to fall into the, the Kyotor course in, in Ballyfermot there in BCFE. I think, like so many people, I would have fell into a bit of a, a black hole uh, having planned tours, we were going to Manum, we're going to Iceland and then on to Canada for a while. So my schedule was, was uh, clear as driven snow and I found the Kill Tour course and ended up making a harp in the last year and just uh, fallen back in love with trad music, to be honest. Will you perform on that particular harp actually when you're playing with Manum? The and harp, it's, it's beside me here and I gotta tell you, it looks beautiful, but I have no idea how to play the thing. <laughs> Well, just give us a, an idea of the sound, even at the strings. It, might, it mightn't even be tuned, but here, hold on. <laughs> Sounds good to me, I have to say, yeah. Fergus. Fair play to you. <laughs> no, you're Dublin, but you're of Kerry Stock, I believe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, both my parents are, are Kilorglin. And of course, I mentioned at the start here where it's a seasonal version of this podcast, the season being Christmas. And is there any particular tradition? That you or is there any particular memory you have of Christmas? Um, God, I don't know how I don't know how different we are in Kerry. We like to think we're more different, but I don't think there's any unique 
celebrations. I don't think Puck Fair falls under falls under the Christmas season, but uh, my own <laughs> memories my own memories would be with my first tours with Anuna were, were Christmas tours across the Netherlands and uh, going there and us- usually it would be uh, covered in snow and um, just taking taking the bus every day out to different venues and getting to sing for all these people and across these amazing venues across the Netherlands and the nervousness and the, the excitement of all that. Um, yeah, it's something that it's, it's strange now this will be the second year not 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 touring well if you're not on the road then over the christmas that adds to the excitement of people getting ready for thursday the 27th of january when you'll be performing in saint patrick's cathedral with monum and anuna uh, fergus we asked you to pick a song maybe that might best sort of show uh, your music and you picked rt Cohen. why did you pick that um, just, just for selfish reasons, that's a solo of my own. So just, uh, just uh, plugging myself away here, as as I'm taught to do in in the marketing course in 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 Bally <laughs> you know? No, uh, it's that's a gorgeous song from the Glens of Antrim. It's a beautiful melody. Um, and it starts off one thing, and then um, the lads kind of just bring it to another level. The, the the voices that we have from both Iceland, and Ireland, and. Uh, and uh, their the virtuosity and the range of it, it it's um it's an exciting concept when I think of of the gig in the twenty on the twenty seventh and getting to share it with with everyone there you know. Well, we're certainly looking forward to that, Fergus Cahillan of Anuna <laughs> and Monum. We wish you a very happy Christmas and thanks a million for being with us. Ah, oh, lovely chatting to you. Thank you. <laughs> Pan of long on dollar Oh, 
Beautiful version of R.T. Kuhn there from Fergus Cahalan and Manum. And of course, he plays and sings with Anuna as well. And they'll be getting together for what should be a really exciting show on Thursday, the 27th of January in St. Patrick's Cathedral. And then if you're around in Dublin for Saturday, the 29th of January, it is a fantastic night promised in the stadium here in Dublin because Cathy Jordan, you're going to be there with Dervish. So also will Alton and so also will be four men and a dog. Cathy, happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas, Kieran. It's great to be chatting you. I hope it's uh, treating you well. Uh, I'm very good order, I must say. I saw you, I suppose I spoke to you last January, uh, well, it's probably last December, actually, when we were recording Tradfest online and you were in Dublin Castle. At the time, you were kind of feeling... You know, you'd love to be out there and it was lovely to hear other musicians at that time. But have you been back on the road with the band since now? We have. We kind of hit the ground running, you know, when lockdown kind of lifted there in uh, the end of August. Um, there was there was a lot of things to be done. There was a, a flower fest in Sligo and there was a, a gig um, over in Spain, another one in Italy. Um, uh, and a, a few in Ireland, we had a, a big songbook gig in, in Belfast at, at the Arts Festival there. So between one thing and another, there was a really intense um, period of running up and down the road. Uh, Porrick O'Keefe Festival in Kerry, uh, uh, we came from Belfast to that. So from nothing, we, you know, we got an awful shock to the system having to... I was just going to say, were you exhausted after all of that? Oh, my God. And you lose touch with how you do it and what you need to pack. And you forgot to bring the adapters or you forgot to bring the power cable or, you know, and there's, there's all that stress that, that you, you had become accustomed to. But all of a sudden it was back in your life. And uh, it's like, God almighty, uh, this is harder than I remembered. But at the same time... Once you get on stage and you play the tunes and sing the songs, all is well with the world again. You know yourself. I do indeed. It's fantastic to hear. But I get that thing about, you know, when you do stop and slow down, you forget the speed actually at which you were you were working really and travelling. Absolutely. I mean, you got very uh, kind of 
I was in second gear, I think, um, and then you went into turbo boost and even singing on the stage, the difference between singing at home, you know, and the the power you, you project at is so much different to the power that you project at when you're on a stage with a, a, an audience in front of you, you know, and uh, at the first gig, I, I found it hard to catch my breath, you know, and I was thinking, did I used to do this? This is really hard. <laughs> But then you kind of get back into the swing of things again and the memory muscles come back and uh, yeah, it gets it gets easier. By the third gig, we were back in the saddle for sure, you know. Well, we're certainly looking forward to seeing you at the stadium on the 29th of January. That should be a big night. Have you ever played in the stadium before? By the way? I have never played in the stadium and I am so looking forward to it. And I'm so looking forward to playing with, you know, our old friends, Foreman and Dog and Alton and but you know, between us, we're going for ninety years, you know, <laughs> or more. <laughs> so we nearly had the centenary up there between the I wasn't thinking of that actually. It's a seasonal uh, version of the podcast here, actually, Cathy, and we're kind of thinking about Christmas, of course, and mm. what it means to people. For yourself, I presume always probably a quieter time was it uh, when you'd be off the road with the band, or did you were you busy at home? Let's say. No, Christmas was was always um, at home. We never really did much Christmas um, work. Um, but uh, I heard you talking to Fergus and had he any memories of, of Christmas. And, you know, I, I just remember going home to Roscommon and, you know, in the door to, to you know, open the front door and you're in the kitchen living room. You know, there's yeah. no other door. You're And that's where you cook. That's where you eat. That's where everyone congregates. But that's when I was, you know, 18 or 19 coming home and everyone smoked major. And there was, uh, <laughs> so you couldn't see your hand in front of you with puffs of uh, smoke from major. And then the old Stanley range puffing out smoke as well. Um, and the Christmas tree barely able to uh, twinkle through the haze. Um, but we had great times at Christmas and there was always big sing songs and, you know, it's just real family time and I really look forward to it. And that would be the tradition, would it be Would it be your family tradition or would that be the tradition locally in County Roscommon? Smoking major or... No. or... <laughs> 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 I suppose the, there's probably woodbines maybe at that stage, but the the whole singing tradition of Christmas. Well, it was in our house anyway. I, I had no other. I had no reason to believe it wasn't going on in every house. But you, you live and you learn, and you realise that not every house had had the same um, joyous uh, way of 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 spending their time um, and having a big repertoire of songs and and, and tunes to play. And you know, it was. It was wonderful and God rest all those um, who are a part of it and, you know, that mm -hmm. are in our hearts all the time, but sadly no longer on, 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 the, on the earth. Yeah, of course, and a powerful tradition. That, that What about now, let's say in the last 10 or 15 years, is it just downtime for you? Uh, a certain amount of, you know, it's a lot of catching up to do and doing the rounds on aunts and uncles and... Um, we have our own family Christmas. I go out to my sister then every every Christmas day for the dinner. I go on Christmas Eve and her kids are great singers and they have a, an annual uh, Christmas Eve sing-along um, in, in Strand Hill and it's very family-orientated. All the families from around Strand Hill gather and 
it's just really special um, evening, you know, it's mm. it's just families and uh, young and old and then they all go home around seven o'clock to, to prepare for the for the next day. Um, lovely times. Now, there are a couple of other projects that you've been working on over the years. The Unwanted, are you still doing a bit of work with them or is that in advance? I am, surely. In fact, we're just... Um, chatting the other day we have a, a, a big project coming up in uh, Roscommon bringing music back to people that may have uh, left down their instruments for whatever reason uh, over the years and it's a kind of a, a project to encourage them to take back up their guitars, fiddles, harmonicas, baurons and get back and, and play again. So we're doing a a series of workshops through January and February and in t- all the way up as far as May, in fact, which will culminate with a performance then. So, yeah, the Unwanted do... Um, uh, uh, every, so, every so often we resurrect ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, do, uh, working with Nuala Kennedy then on Lullabies, um, a Lullabies album uh, for everybody, f- kids from zero to, to four and their parents. So that's a lovely project to work on. And also I'm doing a project called Cranky Ireland, um, which is a cranky box is an old storytelling device. It's like the oldest cinema. So I'm I'm getting researching and arranging a song from every county in Ireland and marrying them the songs then with an artist who will illustrate the songs. Um, I have about 12 or 13 of them done. So um, you, you do the maths, I'll be at it for a while yet. But it's a really lovely project to be involved in. And it keeps me busy. So, so other than all of that, like you're just taking it easy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. You're playing on the Saturday, on Saturday, yes. the 29th of January in the stadium, as we mentioned, with Alton and four men and a dog. And by the sounds of it, it's going to be a very, very exciting night. We asked you maybe to pick a song to end our brief little chat here on this Christmas special. And you picked Dawn Logue. Will you tell us about it? It's a beautiful version, by the way. Thanks very much, Kieran. Um, it was on the album uh, The Great Irish Songbook, um, which came out just before lockdown happened. And um, so we'll have to um, reconvene the promotion of it and the gigging of it and the um, the, the touring of it. Uh, so that's the song. It's, it dates way back to the fifth century, I think, the earliest origins. And it was written in Irish, and, and that's the translation that Frank O'Connor did beautifully. And um, yeah, very sad uh, story that reminds us of how um, how life was so uh, hard for for the women of Ireland um, at one time. And thankfully, um, it has improved um, an awful lot since since the fifth century. Donalogue, Cathy Jordan, we wish you a very happy Christmas and stay away from the major. <laughs> Will do, Kieran. God bless. Bye. Oh, don't look when you cross the ocean. Take me with you when you are going. At fair The Greek king's daughter My mother ordered me
wish on you today, tomorrow, and on Sunday. To let in vain, spilled milk, even closing the door on a bygone thieving. If you come at all, come when stars are peeping. Rap on the door that makes no squeaking. My mother will ask you to name your people, and all I'll say was the night wind. Second kiss came on top the stairway. The third kiss came as down you lay me. But for that one night, I'd be still a maiden.
beautiful version of Don Logue there from Cathy Jordan and Dervish. And I'm pretty sure you'll hear that song at the stadium on January the 29th at Tradfest. That's January 2022. It's only a few weeks away now, actually. And also there on the night will be Moraid Nivwenig and Alton. And Moraid is on the line. Moraid, happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas to you as well, Kieran. I hope you're having a nice time and drinking your mulled wine. <laughs> well, now, you see, you're the experts at that in Donegal, and it's thanks, maybe I'd say, to your mother and others that you are, because you have a great tradition up there. Oh, we do. We, 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 we do a lot of baking before Christmas. Like when, when we were young, my mum, my gosh, after, as soon as, even before Halloween, she would start uh, making her dumplings and they were a type of uh, Christmas pudding that she used to make in cloth and we made actually three of them this year and she was uh, at the head of the helm showing us how to do it but um, these are very they're very very old it's an old tradition where you mix all the bread crumbs and the and loads of whiskey of course and loads of beer and uh, whatever other stuff that like loads and loads and loads of raisins and sultanas and whatever else you want to put into it and the smell in our house from Halloween to Christmas was just pure uh, spice and uh, cloves and cinnamon and all of that and it, it really brings back a lot of great memories. And I presume it continues. You said that you started a bit early this year as well. So you'll head over there uh, Christmas Day and uh, probably sample some of that and oh, yes. go well, straight we home afterwards. <laughs> well, what we usually do, it, it's fantastic because the best part of that type of uh, cloth pudding is if you fry it with your fry in the morning. And I'm not a big fry eater at all, but this makes a fry special. And you, you slice it and then you fry it with your bacon and, and sausages. God, you have queer traditions up there, Donegal. Oh, no, you'd love it. It's really great <laughs> for vegetarians. <laughs> I, I, I must uh, I'd, I'd say I'd get, I'd get some strange looks now if I tried to introduce that one around here anyway, for sure. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you have to. It's a culinary experience. <laughs> By the way... We spoke to you a few years back, actually, on the Kelly House programme, and your family, of course, were all there, uh, and your mum was with us, actually, as That's well, on right. the night. And But your daughter was there, Nia was there, and she was very young at the time. And uh, I did, I just happened to ask her what she was hoping that she might get for Christmas, and she mentioned a horse live on air. Uh, I, think, I think she did it in such a way that maybe persuade you that that was the right thing. Did she oh, ever my. get the horse? Never got it but she's she's been trying her her best to to get the horse but you know at that stage uh especially especially in my career I, w I was hardly at home and she had to be kind of uh be brought to my mother's house or to my cousin's house every time i'd leave home so um to have a horse would be would have been very hard so i told her to keep singing my lovely horse <laughs> <laughs> what a decent you know, memory I know. Oh, oh, stop. But she, she, I thought that was a very good move. She was doing her best to get that horse that you. It was so tactical, I must say, live on air. Yeah, Actually, uh, speaking of live on air, she did a, bit a little bit of travelling with Alton. Well, I suppose during her uh, TY year, she, um, she came to uh, America with us because that's our main uh, tour every year. We would spend about two months there and it was part of her 
experience as well during that TY year. And she came, I actually was giving a lecture in, uh, in New York University, the University of New York, in, a, in a, it was Irish studies. And she came over with me early and we went around uh, to all the museums and things before the band arrived. And then she came on tour with us and uh, we went all over the place from the west coast to the east coast but then we were in new mexico and colorado when we heard we had to come home that famous march and that yeah. was the last gig we played but she played it with us so it was and great. did she do you think she might have got a test for being on the road as it were I don't think she likes being on the road, to be honest okay. with you. you know, Interesting. Um, she, she did it so much when she was a baby. She actually told me at, when she was 10 years old, that's the last now, I'm not going to America anymore. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, then after a few years of not going on tour, because she was in her secondary school situation, then T.Y. came up and she said, it might be nice to go and see these places to see if I remember them, you know. I think she has more sense than that. You know, she sees how hard it's it's a hard life. Yeah. You know, it's not an easy life. And I think that's a realization you came to yourself, actually, when the COVID hit. Like, yeah, I think we 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 all always knew, you know, that it, it, it wasn't an easy way of making a living because, you know, you're living from day to day and hope that the next gig comes in. But uh, that was fine when you're in your 20s. But then when you're trying to keep a, a home together and a family together and all of this. It's very unpredictable and uh, it's very rewarding in many, many ways, I have to say. But uh, if you want to have a more stable lifestyle, <laughs> and that's what I did realise when I had to stop. I realised, oh my God, I can breathe now. I, I don't have to live out of a suitcase and all of that. But, you know, I suppose that's to do with spending 30 years on the road and more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, we're glad that you didn't lose your appetite for it anyway, because you'll be coming to the stadium, as I mentioned, on the 29th of January with Dervish and yes. four men and a dog. And as yes. Cathy was saying, you're all good friends. So it, it's we like are. it's going to be a party night. I'm really delighted to be sharing the stage with uh, our friends. And we we have met these uh, like we, we we knew each other for years anyway but like we've met in many situations at festivals all over the world and it's nice to that we're all sharing the stage uh, in the national stadium on the 29th and co-headlining as we say nobody's above anybody we're all in the same boat and uh, we're going to um, just have a, a get together and maybe rejoice and get being able to play music again the music is the main thing you know it's uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's our livelihood, but it's also our sustenance, you know, it, it's, mm -hmm. uh, as musicians, um, y you just can't stop playing music, you know, it's, it's, it's like eating and drinking and bringing in the air, you know. So uh, even if we all stop tomorrow as professional musicians, we'll always play music. <laughs> But of course, you have a lot of other projects going as well. It's not just oh, yes. with Alton. You've kept yourself incredibly busy. Yes, uh, but this year, I, to be honest with you personally, I've, I've actually played more music in the last, uh, you know, during the lockdown than I, than I did for myself in the previous 20 years because I, I was always so busy with the band. And then when I'd come home, I w was trying to balance it that I wouldn't be just playing music, that I'd be trying... Uh, 
you know, be there for my, for Nia, for my daughter and for my family, for my mother and all. So um, the music kind of took second place then when I'd come home. So now I've, I've really, really enjoyed composing and recording and just trying out new things like teaching the fiddle online and so um and, and my next project is teaching songs online which like it was instigated by demand we'll say a lot of people from all over the world want to learn Gaelic songs and that's a huge thing and it's something that's very close to my heart and that'll be my next project and if people want to get in touch with you about that particular project, how can they do it? Uh, through my website, moraid.ie. Moraid.ie, how handy is that? And <laughs> we've been asking our guests, actually, because it is seasonal, to pick a song maybe that they associate with the season. You picked a very, very special song. Well, this is a, a song my father and I wrote, and it was uh, for a Christmas album that... Um, Wyndham Hill asked us to partake in one time and Dalton were in a studio in Dublin and uh, we were trying to get something different because it's so hard to get a, a different Christmas song. So I had written the air and my father just within a few hours. That was one of his big fortes. He was very good with words and he wrote that in a few hours and we recorded it the following day. So this is Salchin and Nolik that I recorded with the Moonies actually very recently. So the Mooney family, as they prepare for a quiet Christmas, I doubt. Uh, <laughs> we wish you all the very best. Moraid Nivuenik, it's really a pleasure always to meet you and to chat with you. And we are so looking forward to your gig in the stadium on January the 29th with Dervish and Four Men and a Dog. A very happy Christmas to you, Moraid. Nolik Save her.
A gorgeous song written by Francie and Maureen Nivueni, their Silsha Nanolog, and a song by Namunis. And I'm delighted that one of the great voices of folk and traditional music is with us now. It's been a great voice for many, many years too, and he's one of Cork's finest. We love the man, Sean O'Shea. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Kieran, and it's good to talk to you. Well, it's fantastic to talk to you. I can't believe you sound like you're getting younger, actually, Sean. You I wish I could, but that's one trick I haven't learned. Well, you've been very busy for the last few months and people saying sounding better than ever. Well, I suppose, you know, I had a great singing teacher and uh, I have him to thank, really, for having my voice. Uh, I remember, Kieran, the day I was leaving him, he was very formal altogether, had no interest in Irish music, but he said, uh, Mr. O'Shea, he said, I've given you a voice that should you not burn the candle seriously at both ends, will be with you if you reach a great age when all the other pleasurable activities of your youth will only be lovely memories. <laughs> that's what he said to me. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a pretty good description there, Sean. What was his name, actually? His, actually, his name was Jonathan Theodore Horn. He was his his day job was that he was the organist in St Finbar's Church of Ireland or Anglican Cathedral here in Cork. You know, uh, was he a difficult taskmaster? He was. Yes, he would know whether you had done your practice and all that kind of thing. You know, and uh, I remember the first day I went into him to to kind of for the first lesson. He turned to me and he said, do you smoke, you see? And at the time, I don't know, you, you're probably too young to remember them, but there were cigarettes there called, uh, what were they called, mentone. And the, the, the formula was cool, clear as a mountain stream. So anyway, I said a very odd one. 
So he banged down the lid of the piano and he said, uh, today's lesson is finished and don't come back to me next week until you have decided you'll never put another of those foul things in your mouth again. So that was good advice. So I suppose he was a strong... Oh, he was, pastor, yeah. He would, take course, no, yeah. he would take no missing, you know. Yeah, but he had, well. funny thing, he had no interest in Irish music, you know. That was the funny thing. Um, I had recorded the poker bullet before I, I left him, you know, and I brought it in to, to hear it. And the following week I went in, he said, I don't know why you bother with that rubbish, <laughs> you see. So then uh, I met Sean O'Reilly, Vinok Dalish, and... Um, it is hard to believe he's 50 years gone this year, but that's life. But anyway, Orida said to me that I had done enough with him. I think maybe Orida thought he might be guiding me too much, like into making me the trying to make me the 20th century version of John McCormack or somebody like that. So I left him and I stuck with Sean Orida, and that was good. And like when you met Orida, had he known you before that? Had you known him before that, before you stuck up first? Well, neither of us had known the other. Of course, Kieran, I was aware of him because of Mishira, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he had founded uh, Kjolthori Kolen. And I remember I used to sing with a group at that time. As a matter of fact, we did Cayley House together, the Blarney Cayley Band. And um, I remember coming home to very late one night after Kaylee uh, somewhere and my mother was awake and uh, she came out all excitement to me she well she said I heard a crowd playing music tonight so she it was brilliant but they were mad <laughs> you know and I think what she was referring to was that one the Dingler Gatta you know by Coltori uh-huh. <laughs> so after that then I met Orida you know so that and, was, and that um, was a, you had a fantastic relationship then for all those years. Yes, I enjoyed every minute I was with Sean O'Reilly the Kieran. And, you know, I, I think maybe this illustrates uh, the way we, I felt towards him that there isn't a day uh, since he has died that he hasn't come into my consciousness and uh, that I don't pray for him and pray to him because any man who did such marvellous things, is bound to have gone up immediately almost. No purgatory, straight up to Peter. <laughs> of course he was, and then uh, kind of a, an entire industry really followed in his footsteps really because he kind of gave the green light to people to go away and arrange Irish traditional music, he which did, hadn't yeah. really been done up to he that. He did, yeah. And you know, it sometimes strikes me, Kieran, that there are groups today, young groups who are playing wonderful music who probably know very little or maybe never heard of Sean O'Reilly, but who benefit from his legacy, you know. That's an interesting one, yeah, and it's a very powerful legacy. And I suppose a part of your continued relationship with the O'Reillys is that you work with Pather quite a lot. You have a great relationship as well. Uh, That's the son of Sean. I don't know if I'm permitted to say this, but you're what harm anyway. It's an exclusive. (laughs) I go out to Pather Monday night, most Monday nights, and we have a project to record 100 songs and uh, I think bring them out on uh, a box set or something. But we're at number 61 or 62 now, you know. But um, we're plowing away anyway. I, I'm telling him he'll be issuing it posthumously. <laughs> he'll make a fortune <laughs> out of me. Well, you won't have it ready, so for the 30th of January when you come to Dublin with Corcoulet. No, and Kieran, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, We're in fantastic. a place called the Pepper Canister, is it? 
Yeah, the Pepper Canister, a beautiful venue uh, right in the middle of town and one of our yeah. sort of prime yeah. venues uh, of Tradfest each year. I think it would yeah. be perfect for Cork Hula and Sean O'Shea. What about Christmas for you, Sean? And, you know, are there are there memories that stand out for you? Are there traditions that you still hold on to or do you do you change yeah. the time? Yeah, we do uh, to a certain extent. Like, you know, um, I suppose in my young days, really, Kieran, um, you know, I was born in 1936. All my young Christmases were during the Second World War, really. And this may not sound very much, but uh, in 1946, I think, when the World War was over, just before Christmas, into Bantry came the first cargo of oranges and bananas. And that's my recollection of of a post-war history that we had uh, oranges and bananas. But other things then too, every year around Christmas, my father, God be good to him, uh, would buy, there was a farmer near us and he had a big wood and my father would buy a mature tree from him every year and he would knock the tree and he would cut it up into blocks and we would bring that home and it was referred to and it was a, a tradition around our part of the country. It was referred to as Block Nanolog, you know? and. Block Nanolog, yeah, and I suppose, of course, then there was all the tradition about going to to, to town, um, to Bantry, to do the big shopping before Christmas. You got your turkey and you got your Christmas cake from um, Jerome Cotter and Sons, and he gave you a complimentary calendar with it. And uh, then um, my mother, during the war, this, my mother during the war, of course, the best she could do for a Christmas cake was she would, uh, at the time, there's only brown flour. So she would sieve that to make it as white as she could, you know, and then she'd mix it and she'd throw uh, butter and, and particularly sugar to sweeten it. And sure, we didn't know any better. We thought it was beautiful, you know. Well, my mother was an interesting woman. She was a native Irish speaker from a place called Bielahurgairig, uh, Ballangary, in County Cork. Yeah. And that's, I assume, then that's where you get your, your love of the language. It is, yeah. I was very fortunate, Kieran, that my mother and father were both school teachers. And actually, I went to the primary school to them. But at that time, you didn't start primary school till you were nearly six years of age. And for the first six years, I was. The eldest in the family, there were only two of us. I have one sister, thanks be to God, still to the good, Maureen. But for the first six years, my mother and father spoke nothing to me, only Irish. And I think it gives me this advantage that, I mean, you know, I, I'm not in an Irish-speaking environment now, but if I go back to the girl in Cooley, you know, for a day or thing like that, I find straight away at the end of the day, I'm kind of leave a girl in Irish, you know? All right, Sean. Well, can I say uh, to you anyway, we're so looking forward to your performance in Dublin in the Pepper yes. Canister, which is a brilliant venue. Yeah. That's Sunday, the 30th of January. It's a four yes. o'clock in the afternoon. It, start, it's, in, it's in the book for next year in red letters. <laughs> and Kieran, I always look forward to performing in, 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 in Tradfish. And can I thank you very much for thinking of us down here in southwestern Ireland? We're always delighted to have you, Sean. Yeah. What about this song, Through the Banks of the Mist? You picked it out maybe to play it. What is it? Well, first of all, it is Omayin or Shal, Ashul the Vis, you know? And 
it is by Owen Roar Sullivan. But the interesting thing about it is that the translation into English was uh, by Sean O'Reilly. And there's a little mm. bit of history behind it. In the Damer Hall in Dublin, there was a um, musical went off on one time. Um, O'Reilly did the music, and I don't know who did the script for it. It was called Owen and Viol Veen about Owen Roar Sullivan. And somebody, anyway, saw it and thought that they it would make a wonderful musical and you know launch it in in in, in london uh the life and times and music of one row sullivan but whoever was backing it backed out so it never happened and this was the one number the one song that was translated with that in mind well we we're going to listen to that now and can i just say shana share August Garabolig, Dutch Kieran, August the Horum. Milabuchus. Through banks of mist I walked alone. As night came down, so chill and vast. When graceful as a sailing swan. A maid as fair as dawn advanced. Her walk was proud and stately. Her eyes with liquid light did shine. Her golden tresses trailing around. Soul like serpents coiled. Oh, who are you, sweet lady? What fate escorts you through the night? Are you hell and bright or Deirdre or Venus born of? In sorrow's tones she answered me, No goddess but a maid alone.
That's the wonderful voice of Sean O'Shea here on our Christmas edition, our festive edition of the podcast. And we're delighted, actually, to welcome a good friend of ours back to this edition. She was with us before, actually, here on the podcast. That's Bree Jean. And I actually don't even know where you are at the moment, Bree Jean. Where are you? I'm in Sligo, Kieran, And it's lovely to be back on the podcast. Thanks for having me back. Well, now, since we last spoke to you, of course, you had all sorts of plans and all sorts of things going to happen. And then a certain pandemic got in the way. But you made use of your time. I did. I did. Um, Anything I got, I put all my efforts into and into production wise and things like that. So I think um, I I, I spent a lot of time getting things right you know and mm-hmm. as well working on finalizing my album see i've been writing music here and there for the past couple of years and i thought you know what i'll just get it all finalized and put into an album so i've been working on the album as well um, the last while and of course you have another type of day job helping out at home i suppose when you're not on the road yes i'm a funeral director in Embammer as well so um i'm uh, full time at that really in Sligo and uh, my dad has a fun- has two funeral homes so that's what got me into it it wasn't just a notion I took and um, I'm also studying I'm doing the embalming course as well so I'm studying anatomy and physiology <laughs> if I wasn't oh, doing it's... enough. Now I know you have uh, a CD coming out but you launched an EP as well some time ago. Yes, and um, I did my launch party in the in the airplane in Enniscrone. Would you just explain a little bit of the background to that because it's intriguing? <laughs> yes, so um, my dad bought an airplane, a Boeing seven six seven, decommissioned, um, and he bought it off Shannon Airport and moved it up along the west coast of Ireland to, and he beached it into Enniscrone, and uh, it's going to be part of our our transport themed glamping village <laughs> but i've i'm convincing him now i'm saying it's going to be a better venue than bedrooms so i i'm telling you watch this space <laughs> so it could be one of the newest venues in the west of ireland could really take off <laughs> well it, as, as i said it, <laughs> uh, uh, what can i say to that you should be on stage <laughs> i was telling everyone the night i said now airplane mode on the phones <laughs> Well, there's, there's lots you could get into with that, but it is intriguing, as I said, and I must say, fantastic. But I'm looking forward now, actually, Bree Jean, and you're performing uh, at a lunchtime recital on the 28th of January in Collins Barracks uh, in Dublin at Tradfest. Will you be performing the material from the new album? Yes, little bits, little bits. So um, myself, so it's it's going to be the the first time playing them live to an audience not all just some of them um myself and sarah gorman is going to play with me as well she's a fantastic fiddle player from waterford and she does play with me and um she's coming along as well and really looking forward to seeing what people think of them um yeah <laughs> letting the chicks out of the nest <laughs> uh, sarah is an absolutely brilliant musician actually i know her a fantastic uh, young fiddle player but you and the harp and what you're doing with the harp is quite different maybe than what you might have set out doing. Yes. So I obviously I play a lot of traditional Irish music, but um, my breeding music is my own compositions with trad influences um, and other influences as well. But it's all I compose my music by using a loop pedal 
and um it's kind of yeah the structures are different um there's some there's more tunes on the album actually than um uh, there was only the salmon's tail um was a tune there on the ep and uh there's a there's three more tunes on the album and i think i love them yeah they're class but um yeah contemporary folk in a nutshell okay contemporary folk i'll take that from you on the harp from bridging as i say it's in uh, collins barracks on the 28th of january and it's a lunchtime recital there what about christmas for you do you get a chance to sort of just ease up and chill out or are you on call you know in your other life yeah i'm on call all the time ever since i growing up um christmas has been kind of a funny one for me because you know it's still it's it's so it's such a lovely time um but when people experience a loss during christmas it's also like everything is heightened you know it's like mm -hmm. they're reminded of it every day constantly for the next two weeks or so so you know it's always but it's also because of that reason it's when people really pull together i find as a community to help one another out and i just think that's gorgeous as well so you know it's a real grounding time for me i suppose um you know because when everyone else is off enjoying their their lovely holidays and things we're in a, a graveyard with snow everywhere <laughs> like, but it's it's a it's I think it's nice to be reminded of you know how short life is and you know how how grateful we are to have our friends and family around us as well indeed and how precious it all is really Regine it's a pleasure to meet you and we're going to listen to one piece of your music now that you picked out will you just maybe introduce it for us Yes, thank you so much. It's Ocean of Stars, and that is the title track of my EP that I released during the year. So um, it's my vocals um, looped and singing, and my harp looped, and my band as well. So I hope you enjoy it. Happy Christmas, Bridgie. Happy Christmas.
Thank you for listening to the Tradfest podcast. For more information on Tradfest, go to tradfest.ie. Tradfest is brought to you by the Temple Bar Company.